Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Castle Mountain Ski Resort opened up on December 4th, one of the earliest openings in quite some time. So we'll get an update on what's in store for the coming ski season and see what kind of COVID protocols they have in place. Then we'll have a conversation with the Travel Health Insurance Association, who recently released the results of a survey they did showing that 80% of Canadians plan to travel in 2021. So we'll dive into some of the other results and talk about travel insurance in our pandemic world in general. But we're going to start things out this week talking about transformational travel, what it is, and how you can enhance your next travel adventure by using a transformational travel journal from the Transformational Travel Council. To explain it further is Jake Halpert. He is the CEO of the Transformational Travel Council. Their website is transformational.travel, and Jake joins us now. Hi, Jake. Hey, Randy. How's it going? It's uh, going very well, thank you. What is transformational travel? Uh, Transformational travel, uh, as the Transformational Travel Council defines it, uh, is intentionally traveling to stretch, learn, grow, and grow into new ways of being and engaging with the world. I would think that uh, to some degree, everybody gets uh, transformed, as it were, when they go somewhere, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the transformation uh, uh, is an inherent to travel. That's what, you know, really makes it so incredible. Uh, but uh, what, what we're working on is, uh, you know, asking the hard questions around how can we do it better? Uh, you know, how can we really activate travelers and, and tourism, uh, you know, in, in creating more of these experiences that uh, that can be life changing? Give me an example of what, like, I think some people might think you got to go to an exotic place and visit uh, wild and crazy cultures to, uh, you know, go under this transformational kind of travel thing. That's not necessarily the case, is it? No, no, not at all. It's it, it really is about uh, depth over distance. Uh, it's a it's about activating a growth mindset uh, within, uh, and you know, trying to find that balance of inner and outer exploration. Uh, you know, that's where we feel that, that there's that true opportunity to, 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 to go, you know, beneath the surface and identify, you know, little, little and, and big changes we want to make in our lives. Uh, you know, it, it is, you know, an opportunity to shift our attitudes, our behaviors, uh, you know, way, you know, and, and how we approach life, you know, traveling better can lead to living better. Uh, your website is transformational.travel on there. You can get a transformational travel uh, guide. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, Transformational Travel Journal then. Yeah, you know, it is It is a guide and, and a journal. I think that's what makes it, you know, really unique. I mean, we look at, at transformational travel as a as a process, almost like a practice, like like you'd, you know, like a meditation practice or a yoga practice, something that you you put your heart and soul into and, and you work to improve. And, and so, you know, much of our work at the TD is, is based on that. Uh, and we wrote this journal as this really uh, accessible, uh, you know, and tangible piece to to this work, uh, you know, based on uh, contemporary science and and you know ancient wisdom. Uh, you know, we've created this this tool or this travel companion that you know can really help travelers go uh, out on a journey, uh, and, you know, be emotionally and psychologically and spiritually prepared for that. 
uh, you know, and, and, and really work toward, you know, those, uh, deeper connections, you mm-hmm. know, with, 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 with yourself and with others that you meet on the road and, and of course with the world around us. And so there's all sorts of tools and insights and prompts and challenges to, to really guide you through that process and in, in this, in this journal. Uh, and again, it's not where you go, it's how you travel, I guess, or, or what you do when you get there or even on the way, right? So what's the best way to use the journal then if you're doing that? Yeah, yeah, it is, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, a, a process, right? So, uh, you know, it, the best way to, to, to get into that journal is, is you know, to, to, uh, to dive in headfirst and, and, you know, really open up your heart, you open up your mind uh, and, and start engaging travel uh, a little bit differently than maybe you did before, uh, you know, and setting intentions and unco- uncovering your motivations for travel. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, working on being fully engaged, uh, you know, in the experience and, 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 and present and, and reflecting on your experiences, assigning meaning, uh, you know, all of these things are what, uh, uh, you know, really make travel, uh, you know, potentially transformative. And I suppose you could go back to past trips and go, you know, I could have done this, I could have done this, or I should have been doing that. You can kind of do a check and balance with that, can't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, it, you know, it, it is a practice, a soulful craft, if you will. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it'll it'll give you the opportunity to reflect on, hey, what what worked for me in the past? You know, what were those really amazing experiences or, or trips and, and journeys that 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 you've been on that that were impactful, that did inspire change? And they can order it right off your website, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that uh, web- it makes for a really great holiday gift as well. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. Uh, the website is yeah. transformational.travel. You can get the Transformational Travel Journal right there and learn more about transformational travel and how to enhance your traveling experiences. And Jake Halpert is a co-founder of the Transformational Travel Council. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Jake. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Really enjoyed it. Well, Castle Mountain Ski Resort opened up on December the 4th, one of their earliest openings in quite some time. So joining us now to give us an update on what's in store for the coming ski season and what kind of COVID protocols are in place is Cole Fawcett. He's the sales and marketing manager for Castle Mountain Resort. Their website is skicastle.ca. Hi, Cole. Howdy. Earliest opening in more than a decade, says your press release. I guess you've got to be pretty happy with that. Pretty happy about it, and uh, funny enough, we beat last year's earliest opening in more than a decade by a couple of days this year. Nice. So, and you also, I understand, had your sneak peek end, la- peek end, peak weekend <laughs> last weekend. Uh, tell me about that. How that went? It went really well, and uh, we're really uh, feeling positive about how the weekend went last weekend. It was it very much a limited or a or a staged opening, I guess you could say. We didn't actually announce that we were going to open the doors until Friday at 9 a.m. when we opened the doors. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Friday was really designed to kind of uh, give our staff uh, an easy intro into the season. And then Saturday and Sunday, we saw exactly what we would have expected in terms of, uh, in terms of patrons or skiers and riders. And uh, everyone was really well-behaved. Uh, in so far as um, complying with physical distancing, mm-hmm. signage, and wearing face coverings and lineups and in our indoor spaces. So honestly, it was really 
a big boost or a big shot in the arm, big morale boost for our team to get open early and kind of just work the few last kinks out of the system that we need to before going seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it was was kind of a dry run, run so you could, you know, uh, get all the, the kinks out with your uh, pandemic protocols, right? That's exactly right. And, and, you know, we're no stranger to doing sneak peek weekends. Uh, they, I'd say they happen uh, usually based on conditions, and, and conditions last weekend were conducive to opening. Uh, but this sneak peek had a little more significance to it in that we were opening or reopening our doors in the midst of a pandemic. So mm-hmm. that certainly uh, uh, gave us a little extra drive to want to make it happen. So what can people expect now uh, under the pandemic uh, protocols? Well, they can expect a a lot of things. So I've already touched on the fact uh, that physical distancing as our chief medical officer and and our governments across the country have been indicating is necessary to help protect us uh, through the era of COVID-19 or through this pandemic. So you can expect to uh, see lots of signage to indicate that. Physical distancing, not really an issue when you're skiing down a mountain. Yeah. A mountain the size of Castle. Um, so not too much of a worry there. It's just when you get to a few of those bottlenecks, like the lineup at the uh, ticket window, as an example, or uh, the lineup to the chairlift, which are generally quite short here at Castle Mountain Resort, and, of course, in the indoor spaces. Um, we're also looking at uh, mandatory face coverings inside, in lineups, um, no issues there, uh, at least this past weekend. Uh, but we certainly have to keep up that great behavior in the weeks and months to come so that we're in a situation where we can keep operating. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have a couple of temporary structures here at Castle Mountain Resort to offset some of the seating losses that we have experienced in both our T-Bar pub pardon me, and also in our day lodge. So uh, that uh, temporary structure immediately outside the day lodge is going to act as our our new brown bag lunch area. And it's going to be heated uh, and comfortable uh, that you could spend a a bit of time in to warm up and uh, and chow down. A few other things that I would mention would be uh, certainly the seating capacity I've already alluded to inside is much less. Um, You'll see lots of plexiglass inside both to assist in protecting our staff in some key areas, like guest services, of course, and, and at uh, checkout uh, places at, uh, within the cafeteria. And uh, we're ensuring that all of our seats are, uh, all of our tables, pardon me, are, uh, are two feet, pardon me, two meters distance between those tables, and that we have plexi dividing any of those tables that have more than six seats. Uh, because, as we know, we can only have uh, tables of up to six uh, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, the advantage with skiing is that uh, it is COVID-friendly. I mean, you are wearing a mask usually anyways, and uh, mm-hmm. you are socially distanced. It's the indoor places where you have to uh, do all the protocols that you were talking about. Uh, describe, uh, you know, we should back up a little bit, because uh, I know where you're located, but some other people may not know where you're located. Tell us uh, where you're located. We're in the very southwest corner of Alberta, uh, down kind of in between uh, Pincher Creek and Crow's Nest and uh, immediately adjacent to the Castle Provincial Park and Waterton Lakes National Park. So if you've ever ventured down 
to the southwest corner uh, for Waterton or, or the great golfing and mountain biking in Crow's Nest, uh, then you're not too far from us, uh, and you already know in the general area where we are. Tell me about your cat skiing. That sounds like a, a unique experience. Cat skiing is really unique, especially in Alberta. Uh, there are actually only two cat skiing operations in the province, uh, one here at Castle Mountain Resort, the other being in Kananaskis country. Um, our cat skiing operation is even a, a shroud or a titch more unique in that we actually avail of a chairlift to take, to take you up to meet the snowcat, whereas uh, most uh, snowcat operations uh, might operate out of a backcountry lodge, uh, not out of the base of a ski resort. So um, our experience starts in the day lodge uh, where we feed all of our guests breakfast and we, and we issue our avalanche safety equipment, that of course being a avalanche transceiver or beacon sometimes they're referred to, a probe, a shovel, and a pack, and a pack lunch to enjoy uh, sometime during the day when, when there's an appropriate time to uh, mow down. And uh, then we take the Huckleberry chairlift up about uh, 1,000 vertical feet, and then we get into a situation where uh, that's where we get into the snowcat. And so we take the snowcat another uh, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200 vertical feet, and then you've got your own personal powder paradise, <laughs> 900 acres uh, for you, and the 11 possible, 11 other people within the snowcat, which is yours to enjoy for the entire day. And you just continually do laps in that area, uh, usually averaging somewhere between six and eight runs per day, and uh, all but guaranteed uh, a powder day, that's for sure. <laughs> and that, I would assume, is something you want to book in advance, or you have to book in advance, right? Yeah, that one is not, uh, unlike buying a ticket at the ticket window, that's, the cat skiing experience is not exactly something you can just rock up on the day of and be guaranteed to be able to get in on that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in light of COVID-19, we've actually decreased the number of guests we accept on our cat skiing adventures uh, from 24 to 12 on a daily basis, uh, which means we're only running with the one cat. And uh, we run it five days a week, which I suppose is uh, different than we've done in the past where we've actually only operated cat skiing three days a week. So uh, there are fewer seats available both on a daily basis and on a weekly basis now. Lots of things going on, and it all starts this weekend at Castle Mountain. You can find out all the details on their website, skicastle.ca. And Cole Fawcett is the sales and marketing manager for Castle Mountain Resort. Uh, Appreciate your time, Cole. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for your time too, Randy. Well, the Travel Health Insurance Association recently released the results of a survey they did showing that 80% of Canadians plan to travel in 2021. But it's not quite as simple as that. So to share some of the other results and talk about travel insurance in our pandemic world in general is Will McAleer. He is the executive director of the Travel Health Insurance Association. Their website is thiaonline.com. Hi, Will. Hi, Randy. Thanks for having me in today. Yeah, well, before we get into this survey, just tell me a little bit about the Travel Health Insurance Association. I'm sure the the name explains a lot of it, but uh, what's your mandate and what do you do? 
Sure. An association put together not only of the companies that put together travel insurance policies for Canadians, uh, but also of the other providers that deliver the service. So whether it's assistance company, claims company, medical providers, also air ambulance providers coming together, which, which really helps deliver on everything down the line on the travel insurance policies. Sometimes, unfortunately, when things go wrong for Canadians when they're traveling. Mm-hmm. So you kind of put it all together, smooth the process yeah, out, as, as I guess. Huh? Yeah, we do. And what that does is it gives us a, a real good look at what's happening with those policies. Are there difficulties with getting people back into Canada, for instance, in normal times to access a hospital bed? And how can we go and advocate with uh, the provinces to, to make sure that there are beds available for Canadians when they get sick and it's time to come home? So mm. having that good look at it gives gives a view more than just how a policy is designed but actually how it's serving uh, the insured when they need it the most. And I guess that's where uh, these surveys come in, right? gives you an idea of what people are looking for, what they want, so you can kind of uh, tailor your products to help them out. Well, one of the things that we really wanted to do was to get into the education side um, and really to help create coverage certainty. Not only was it something that insurance regulators were looking for, but from our standpoint, the last thing we want to see is, is one of those uh, really sad stories where someone goes away and maybe they forgot to get coverage or maybe they didn't get the right coverage. And mm-hmm. as a result, they're looking at large bills or significant disappointment uh, at the way a travel insurance policy is delivered for them. Mm-hmm. Right? We want to move the bar from you know, well into, into the 90s where, where claims are paid out, and I, over 90% of claims that are paid, we want to move that bar to 100% if we can get there. And the way we think we can do that is having people really understand their health, knowing their policy and knowing the type of trip that they're taking. Put that all together so you're getting the right coverage uh, for the trip that you're taking. Let's talk about this particular survey. Some interesting findings. 80% of Canadians plan to travel in 2021, uh, but about half aren't going to go across the border unless there's a vaccine available. So they're planning to travel, maybe not outside the country. Like, How do you read some of the stats that uh, come forward here? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good sort of lining to what we've seen sort of this year is that, hey, we want to explore everything that Canada has because they don't quite feel comfortable traveling. Although with recent news about vaccines starting and things like that, that's what's driving that uh, that 80% figure. And it's likely to rise because what we've heard out there is that there's a pent-up demand for people as well. They mm-hmm. want to go places. And typically what we see is the colder it gets here in Canada, the higher that number typically goes For sure, in normal times. <laughs> for sure. We all want to escape the cold weather. Uh, and I guess there's also this misinformation that as long as you're within Canada, you don't really need travel insurance, and that is wrong. Well, we'd like to think that uh, universal health care means that we're going to get covered just as we would in our province, no matter where we travel within Canada. But there are some limitations on that. So, for instance, uh, one of them is is if the if your home province pays a little less than they would for a particular treatment, you could be on the hook for that charge. But where it really comes in is where you might need to be evacuated. So let's say you're traveling, um, maybe it's, it's back east and you're, you're, you're traveling off the beaten path and you're exploring some of the wilderness. 
can you get hurt? And you need not just a regular ambulance, but maybe it's a helicopter ambulance to get you off the side of a hill or to get you from a remote place to help. Well, ambulance services aren't covered under what we would consider to be universal health care. And sometimes those fees can be pretty significant. Uh, 74% of respondents want carriers from airlines to trains to block off seating and operate. Like, how much influence uh, do your organizations have on uh, air, airlines, hotels, and other providers to do all those things that people want? I guess they're looking at these stats too, right? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a difficult thing to say that we could impact the, you know, the number of seats that, let's say, Air Canada would, uh, would block off for this. But what it can help do is understand what are those things that they can do to help bring back travel as much as they can. We know that 53% or so of, of individuals are still waiting for a vaccine, mm-hmm. but there's still a, a decent size of the population who are still saying, wait a second, I can assess my own risk. I can understand um, what it takes. And, and in discussions with some of the various government officials, there too is an understanding that what is and what isn't essential travel might be different based on an individual. For sure. So I might want to get away and feel the need that I want to get away for a warm vacation. Others might say, I absolutely have to. My particular situation, I've been through a lot of things like that, might lead to someone say, look, I really do need to get away. And if you do, it's a matter of, okay, will the airlines, will the hotels be making proper precautions? We know that there are some hotel chains, for instance, that will provide uh, you the option to purchase uh, your room stay for a room that has been vacant for a period of time, mm. thereby thinking that the chances that uh, the virus might be within that room would come down significantly. And they'll even provide, for instance, tape over a door, signed off saying this was the last date someone was in. So again, helping to deliver some confidence to travelers to say, hey, wait, I think I can do this responsibly. And that's what uh, will be based on, uh, will help me decide whether I'm going to go or not. Well, there is a lot of products out there from individual travel providers offering insurance, like airlines and and hotels. Even destinations are offering insurance. So how do you sort through all of this? And and are there different layers that, uh, you know, I can get my own uh, uh, travel insurance. I can get one through the maybe the airline. I can get one through the hotel. I can get one through the destination. So there's different layers. Uh, what, What are your thoughts on those? Well, I, I share your, your thought in that, yeah, it can be tough. So, so the way to really break it down would be, would be along these lines. A COVID-only program is not going to take care of you for everything that can happen. It is specific to uh, getting uh, COVID-19, so, so contracting it or being quarantined for it and some other small risks a very thin line of what your overall coverage under a travel insurance policy would be. So my recommendation is make sure you've got that base coverage for all of the types of accidents and sickness that can happen beyond what we're thinking about these days, which is COVID. Mm -hmm. When you take a look at the coverage specific for COVID, you want to find out, okay, what's the overall maximum if I contract it and I'm in uh, intensive care, you know, a significant medical emergency that is tied to COVID how much is the maximum on that? Because if you think about traveling to the U.S., uh, which is possibly the the most expensive place on this planet to get medical care, 
you want to make sure that the coverage is adequate. And, you know, we would suggest is, you know, well into the hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars and above. So if it's your regular product, which is, you know, maybe it's two million, five million, ten million, um, those are all certainly certainly adequate. But you want to make sure that it's uh, that it's not tied to uh, certain things that you need to do. So you want to you want to check on it to make sure that is there travel advisory. Uh, if it's up the way it is now, and the prime minister said it's likely to continue for the next while, if there's a travel advisory level two or, or higher, so level one or two, saying non-essential travel, you want to make sure that that's not going to void that COVID cover. And what we've seen are the many programs that are out there in the market. They'll provide a little bit of a layer on it, and they are clearly just COVID plans, and, and they, will, they won't have that type of an exclusion. So make sure you're asking that question. And all of these policies are connected to toll-free numbers. So you can call up and say, okay, I've got this specific question. I need your help on it. How are you going to cover me in the event that I get sick or quarantined while I'm away on this trip? Ask lots of questions. Good advice. (laughs) You can find uh, lots of information on the Travel Health Insurance Association website, thiaonline.com. And Will McAleer is the Executive Director of the Travel Health Insurance Association. Uh, Always uh, great to chat with you, Will. Thank you. Randy, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.